Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to a throwback edition of Pardon the Punctuation on this Throwback Thursday. Hey, today we are going to throw back to our interview of Damar Johnson. Uh, great interview from last year. Thought we'd throw back to it today as he was announced as part of Coach West Miller's staff this week for our Bearcats basketball team. Uh, enjoy the interview, and uh, we'll hope to hear, we'll hope to see you guys next week. All right, tonight we have a very special guest. Uh, you may remember him back from the uh, long, long ago season in 1999-2000, which was arguably the best, best non-championship season that um, UC ever had. Should have been a championship season. And we'll get to that. <laughs> but uh, we do have Damar Johnson, who is currently the captain of the Big Threes, uh, Threes Company. Uh, you can follow him at Demar. That's D E R M A R R Johnson. Uh, Demar, what's going on tonight? Not much, man. Just hanging out, watching games, talking to you guys. Cool. Awesome. Happy to have you on the show. Kind of going to jump right into it. What was it like growing up as a national high school player of the year, coming out of a huge basketball state yeah. of Maine? Um, back in 1999, before cell phones really took off and all of that. Well, I'm I'm actually from DC. My senior year, okay. I, I went to um I went to um, MCI in Maine just to kind of get away from all the um the the distractions that was that was in DC. Coming with being the number one player in the country, and a lot of people, you know, when the light showing to me, just make sure I I don't get any trouble. Yeah, that's why I chose to go to Maine. But it all happened fast for me. I was I was um. A kid nobody knew, just playing basketball in the neighborhood. And then uh, a, a guy called me to a car one day, asked me if I wanted to play on his team. He had me come to the gym. And never since then, it was like my first AU tournament. I, I did well. They wasn't used to saying I got my size be a, a guard. And it just kind of just kind of blew up from there. Now, you were a McDonald's All-American back in 1999 as well. Notably, some of the other names that were coming out that year. Probably the biggest name, I guess, is uh, Carlos Boozer, uh, Jason Williams. Mm-hmm. What was it like mm-hmm. playing on the uh, the McDonald's All-American team that year? It's, um, it's an honor to play in a game like that. All the all the greats before me have, well, not all, but most have, have, have played in that game. A lot of guys who I've looked up to and me just, you know, going in their footsteps and following that tradition, being, being able to be selected to, you know, a team like that. Now that's Jason Williams, like white chocolate Jason Williams. <laughs> no, that's Jay Williams from Duke. Okay, gotcha. Just want to make sure I didn't know which Jason Williams it was. <laughs> that old. <laughs> and they uh, they did actually retire Michael Jordan's twenty three during that game, also, right? Did they? I don't yeah. remember. I do remember John Jonathan Bender broke his his McDonald's game record in um in scoring. He had like thirty one points. Yep, thirty one, and yeah, it says uh. Yeah, so they did retire Michael Jordan's number at halftime, so maybe you would, wouldn't have seen that. Okay. In the, in the locker room. Yeah, that stuff was a blur. I, I don't remember that at all. <laughs> you came out as out of high school as the you know number one player in the country, which is pretty crazy. 
and then you picked UC. And UC kind of had right. a high profile coming in with, you know, the Jordan jerseys and everything. Um, Coach Huggins, Kenyon Martin. So what was your recruiting process like, and why did you pick Coach Huggins and UC? Uh, well, my recruiting process was, was weird because since I was a sophomore, no one thought I was going to school. And not even me. I, it wasn't it wasn't a plan. I, was, I, I thought I was going to come right out of high school. Um, so... A lot of schools actually stopped recruiting me because they, they didn't think of the chance I was going. Um, then late in the process, really after McDonald's thing you just brought up, when Jonathan Bender scored that 31 points, he took a lot of the momentum from, from the pro scouts. So I had a decision to make. Either You know, I, the people I was talking to said, well, you can come on now and there'll still be a lot of big, maybe top 15. In the workouts, you can work your way higher. It's up to you. But... I, um, I think you will, will um, benefit by a year of school and going to get stronger. You're too good of a player to, you know, not be one of those top picks. So I said, okay. So um, Cincinnati just kind of, I guess, they got wind that, you know, I might actually go to school. And um, Kenny Satterfield, he actually helped a lot. He called me a lot because um, he'd already he already signed to UC. And he was like, bro, you got to come. You got to come with me, man. Come with me. And a lot of guys at the McDonald's game was like, no, nah, you should come here. You should come here. And, and, and Sat, Sat just stayed on me. And, and Mick, Mick got in really good with um, my AAU coach, Curtis Malone. And then when Hugs came to um, – to MCI and just how cool he was and he laid down the list this is out this is how stock five would be and this where you'll go and I knew we'd be a really good team so it, I didn't even take another visit um I just I just said I'm going to Cincinnati well and that was my next question is if it wasn't UC was there another suitor who it may have been well that was uh, Merlin Merlin and UConn was with my other top schools um, Merla was my home school, and they and actually they tried to get Steve Francis to lie like he was coming back to school, and I would be able to play with Steve Francis. I knew Steve Francis wasn't coming back to school. Um, <laughs> but Cincinnati <laughs> made the most sense for, for what I wanted to do. They had a, a, a really good weight program, and I didn't really gain any weight here. I did get stronger. It didn't really look like it, but at least, you know, gave the scouts some peace of mind that they knew I was here. If I was coming here, I was going to work. Big Slim, right? Yeah. <laughs> 99-2000, you get to Cincinnati, and you're playing with, again, one of maybe the best roster that Cincinnati's ever put together. Big names. You know, you had, right. you've already mentioned Satterfield, Kenyon Martin, Steve Logan. Mm-hmm. That had to be our year, right? Who was going to beat us that year? That was our year for sure. Since I've been back in Cincinnati, that's... that's all I've been hearing and I didn't know like if a lot of people even remember me I was here so fast but I guess that team that team was so good that we, and a lot of people knew what, what could have came of that year had Kenya and I got hurt yep. we, we do feel like we we feel like we won a national championship like I wouldn't say easily but we, we, we do feel like we win yeah. like the final North Carolina was in the final four that year and we and we handled them pretty easily during the season. What, what's your favorite memory that year? I mean, we all know the tragedy that happened in that, that year. I remember there were people crying literally were, in class. Yeah, in I class. mean, that, that team meant a lot to this city. But what was your what was your favorite memory of that year? I would say the DePaul game. The, we, 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 in, at DePaul, we were down big, like 19 points, and, and Kenyon, Kenyon just went off. Like it might have been game. a game, yeah. I think that might have been a game that got Kenyon drafted. One, he just he just did everything. He he, he took over. Um, he was doing everything, and then at the end, I ended up hitting the, the game winning shot. So, um, first to win the game. That was a 
But that was a big game for us. DePaul, DePaul had about a good four four NBA players on that team, and 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 a few other McDonald's that didn't even make the NBA. But DePaul was good, so that was an easy game. And for us to come out of there with a win without Pete Michael was huge. Do you have a favorite memory of Coach Huggins from that year? Well, yeah, I got I got I got a funny one. Um, well, it just it, it just kind of explains who who he is. So we, we had a um, freshman that came in with me, BJ Gross. I remember oh, BJ. Yeah. I sold him some Jordans at finish yeah. line. <laughs> right, uh, and and, B, and, uh, and I remember BJ in high school. BJ was good, but BJ didn't really get a chance to play. He didn't get a chance to practice much. But his hugs was on him so bad, on him about his weight every day in practice. He got a, he was running around the stadium while we're practicing because hugs was just on him about his weight all the time. <laughs> so we we got we got a, we got a, a charge drill. Where um, I guess a guy just kind of dribbles from half court. You got to take a charge, and like that hug felt like some guys wasn't being man enough and taking a charge. And he was like, "I'm gonna show you, you know, motherfuckers how to do it." And he stood in there. He said, "Man, he picked BJ to <laughs> to be the one to to run him over, like run him over." <laughs> BJ. <laughs> you know, he's 280 at least, maybe three. BJ, he, he dribbled down and he, he knocked Hug back into the um the, 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 the back part of the, of the of the court and Hug was red, but Hug stood in there and took the charge. And I was like, whoa, this dude is crazy, man. <laughs> that's fantastic. He just said, that's it. I'm going to show you guys how to do it. Boom. Right. Right, and it's and it's, it's funny he picked BJ because you know he's on BJ so much now. BJ just got a lot of anger pent up, and he's like, "Man, this is my chance," and, and, and the hugs ain't back down at all. <laughs> you want me to do what? Okay, we're doing it. That's fantastic. Right, right. Like if he just shows me, you know, I'm at this time barely two hundred of that. I wouldn't help. I wouldn't have done much to him. He weighs a lot more than me. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> so you were only here one year, and, and again, you know, I don't want to dwell too much on how that season ended in tragedy. I like to think of the, the good things about that season. <laughs> um, but you were only here after one year. So what made you decide yeah. to jump so soon? Well, it was a plan all along. Like yeah. I say, even even coming to school was, was something that was last minute for me. I was preparing for the NBA since right. sophomore high school. So coming in here, it was it was going to be a one and done year. That was the that was the plan anyway. Now I always said though that the way it ended had had Kenyon had another year and I know we had a chance to win it. That that would have really made me think about about coming back. Sure. But you know, I just I just followed the plan and, and went on to the draft. So no regrets as far as jumping after one year? Yeah, yeah. That was that was the plan. They they knew it. Atlanta drafted you. And yeah. in the first round, in the first six overall, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was six. Yeah. Yeah. Number so six, yeah. what was the whole like prep for the draft and draft night like for DeMar Johnson? Uh, well, well, after, after we, after we lost in the tournament, um, I, I came, it was like spring break. I came back to Cincinnati, packed up my truck and I, I, I left immediately, um, to, to start, you know, my preparation of working out for the draft. Me and Kenyon actually went with the same went with the same agent. Um and so we went out to LA and he's he's you no know, rehab and, and and me I'm I'm doing two days. I'm I'm working out with, you know, Kiki Vandeway and I'm at UCLA playing with all the NBA guys and just and just following my agents, um, playing for me to prepare for the draft and going through my workouts, which it wasn't a lot of workouts because I knew I would be a top pick so 
I worked out for about five teams, maybe four or five teams. Did Did you have any idea that um, Atlanta was gonna was gonna draft you in the first round, or was that like a surprise that night? Or they gonna give you a hint? It, it wasn't a surprise. I, um, I worked out for them twice. Okay. I mean, I, I thought I did well. I I knew I knew I wouldn't get past nine. Mm-hmm. And and I and I actually I'm because because at this time this was Houston when you know Steve Francis Steve Francis is from who's from Maryland like me and them guys are up there basically playing one on one he had Mucci Norris another DC guy on that team and I was like I would love to play in Houston the way them guys play right but I didn't I, I didn't think I would get to nine I didn't think I would I didn't think I would get past um, Atlanta I just didn't know if Orlando would take me. But they end up taking Mike Miller, so it just ended up happening like that. Did you have like a big fancy suit that you were excited to wear, or anything like that, or you know, with the lining on the inside like they do now, or anything like that? <laughs> nah, I didn't. I didn't wear stuff like that. I was, they have like a lot of these tailors. They they're around us, and they they all want to make our suits for the draft. Yeah, I had a few guys. I had a few guys make make me a suit, and I had a, a Versace suit I bought because I had to go to some event in LA while we were out there and I just chose one of the ones that a few of the guys made for me it wasn't nothing that was a big deal <laughs> it actually looks it looks ridiculous now that it's so big and baggy I'm, just like, well, I'm looking at it right now and I'm like well wait a minute you're, you're pretty tall so I don't know maybe maybe that was uh, right. just that was just a look <laughs> so well, yeah, yeah play bag, baggy baggy stuff at that time it was, it was the look yep what was that rookie year like with Atlanta then? Like, how was the adjustment from pretty much going from high school, one year of college, where I feel like you were almost just here for a cup of coffee before you were gone and already in the right. NBA? Um, it, it, was, it was an adjustment. It was it was it was hard because I wasn't on a team that was winning, and mm-hmm. I'm used to used to winning. Yeah, I never I, I never lost so much, and um and I haven't lost, and I'm not really playing. It's like they had this. They they had this um, schedule for me where they were going to bring me along slowly. Like, so they used the example like how Tracy McGrady was in Toronto. He he had to set a few years before he was able to play. So that was their plan for me. But I, I wanted to play, and they brought in. We got a college coach, Long Kruger, who was the first time NBA coach. So it was new for him, also. Yeah. And I'm watching guys that was drafted with me. They're out there playing and. You know, playing a lot of minutes and making their mistakes, and I get out there and I go out there. I, I was on the highlights a lot. I'm out there, I get some dunks or whatever, and next thing you know, I'm out the game. So it was kind of frustrating. I had yeah. some moments, but that first year was it was it was it was frustrating for me. We lost a lot. I didn't play half as much as I thought I would. Did you have a mentor that you were like kind of leaning on at that point in time? No, no, I didn't didn't have a mentor at all. I just was. There, showing up every day, not knowing if I'm a player or not. I mean, I had my my AAU, my AAU coaches like my godfather, Curtis Malone. He he was around, but I mean, nobody can control it. if I play or not. A lot of people felt I should be playing. You know, even you no know, guys on the team. Right. It was, I wasn't even. I wasn't. It wasn't all stars playing in front of me. It was right. guys who I felt that I was better than, but they were just they just had a plan. I guess even Lon. They say Lon didn't like to play. Freshman, when he was in Illinois before he went to um, to, to the Hawks, so it was just the way he did things. Yeah, just a, I, I just yeah, wasn't a fan. Yeah. You had your sophomore season with Atlanta, where it looks like you got a little bit more playing right. time, at least according to all the statistics. Right. So that had to right. be a little bit better for you, then, right? 
was well, year two. So it started off bad because that year after my after my rookie year, I, I'm, I'm pissed off. I can't wait for the year to be over right. and, and get on to the to the next year. So Coach Kruger, he 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 wanted me. He said, "Well, you're going to be in Atlanta this summer and you know work out." And I was like, "Yeah, I'm in Atlanta." After the season, I went right to LA with my agent and um the plans because he got all the NBA guys set up out there. His clients, a lot of NBA players are are in LA, so I'm in LA. I'm working out two days. I'm playing against the pros, but I told Coach that I was going to be in Atlanta. And at this time, I'm pissed at Coach. I didn't I didn't want to be there. Right. So I was I was in LA for most of the summer. So he he was he didn't like it at all. So he's I don't even know if I played for the same like I, I, I said a lot like the first I don't know like ten games I didn't play a lot so it wasn't until the second half of the year where it's like okay now I'm the starter so that second half of the year my second year I'm the starter and I, I, I started all the games I, I played well we we were losing that year but at the end of that year we won a lot of games and and it, it looked it looked promising for my third year which. Was supposed to be the breakout year, right? Yeah, it says that year you scored uh, six hundred and two points and started forty six games out of seventy two that you played in. So yeah, right. definitely a, a right. stats wise a better year from your three ninety seven right. year. Before. Yeah, I don't even I I even know that. I don't be <laughs> looking at that stuff. I just remember it from my memory that I know that second half of the year. Oh yeah, absolutely. I played uh, and and I, I you know I was defending and I was defending the best best guards in the league and I shot the ball well and I just I mean I wasn't playing like 35 minutes I was starting I knew I was out there every game yep so you kind of were alluding to the third year was supposed to be your breakout year but that year was cut a little bit short as you were involved in a car accident yeah well I didn't play that year at all right I mean it, so, not even not even short I mean it, yeah just the season that wasn't unfortunately right, right. um so you were actually, I mean, we've, I think we've all seen the pictures, um, yeah. you and a halo sitting sideline. Right. Um, how long were you in the right. halo? Um, seven weeks. Unbearable. Seven weeks. I mean, the first, the first like few days was the mm-hmm. first few days was rough. Um, I guess until, until the marriage kicked in, whatever it was, then I got, and I got used to it. Um, and I, when you you have something on you that long, you got to get used to it. And, right. and I was I was pushing myself all the time, doing a lot of stuff I had no business doing because I couldn't play basketball for the first time. Um, but actually, when I when I when I when I took it off after the seven weeks was, I wish they put it back on. Well, my I'm, neck was so used to being held up by the halo. Right it was yeah, that yeah. was rough. Got to learn how to hold your head up again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was that was how I was, when I came home. I was like, man, I wish they put this thing back on. This is, this is hot. Well, I know, like they were. Correct me if I'm wrong, but they were worried about paralysis at one point, right? For sure, it was it was close. They yeah. they they say they they say it, it inches away. And and what's funny is when I um the first after the accident, when the the the, the lady that found my car. And us, and us out there with a car on fire. They took me to like the hospital, and it wasn't a great hospital. And them, and they were ready to just operate. And my agent, he was like, "No, we're gonna take him to the spinal center yeah. downtown in, in Atlanta." So they put me on a helicopter, and I had to go to the spinal center. And luckily, you know, the experts there was like, you know, he's young, 
we'll just put a halo on them and let let the bones heal. Because had they operated, who knows what what would have happened there. So then, and you, you at one point had you and a halo as your uh, your Twitter picture, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so obviously that's you know some motivation for you, even still to this day, right? Yeah, I mean, it's I'm blessed. I'm blessed to have lived through the accident. Um, I'm I'm blessed to have been able to come back and play from that. And uh, and I always try to like just <laughs> always try to still look look fly when I wear my clothes, and I had to like cut t-shirts down the middle to wear around that stuff. <laughs> I think in the, what kind of sweater are you wearing in that picture? Was it like Armani or something like that? It's a it's a it's a Kooji sweater. Kooji sweater. That's right. Yeah, I think yeah. <laughs> I think um, Alex Meacham mentioned that in uh, when we talked to him about your style still yeah. in the NBA and everything like that. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I wore a lot of Kooji back then, and and you know, um, especially when I'm going to the games, but trying to wear some of that stuff around that halo, I had to had to, had to cut a lot of shirts down the middle. And the girl, I had hair at that time, so the girl who it was a, it was a show trying to watch the girl braid my hair and wash my hair through the halo. <laughs> I bet it wasn't easy. <laughs> no, it wasn't easy. <laughs> so after that, you had stints with the Knicks. Phoenix at one point signed you, um, but you never actually played for them. Uh, right. Denver, because of course you played for Denver, because I think apparently everyone from Cincinnati spends some time in Denver. <laughs> um, right. we, we were talking about that tonight like Danny Fortson Kmart Kenny mm-hmm. Satterfield DeMar Johnson Nick Van Exel Steve Logan Ruben Patterson like everybody spends mm-hmm. time in Denver um, right and then uh, even a little bit of time in San Antonio so anything notable right. um, with some of those other teams before we uh, kind of get into some of your other basketball yeah, like what was it like, uh, you know, kind of reuniting with those two in Denver and getting to play with them again? We can go through all of them if you want because they're all they're different experiences. Um, sure. New York, New York, New York was um it was it was it was it was good for me. We it was a relief because after that summer after my accident mm-hmm. after my third year was supposed to be the breakout year, um, and and I wasn't able to play, so now. People, people, people don't trust that I'm going to be healthy and healthy enough to play. I was cleared to play later in, later in that year in Atlanta, but they they wasn't going to take a chance on me. Like no team was trying to take a chance on someone with the injuries that I had. Right. So, so um, that summer I, I played I played um, summer league with Memphis. Um, thought I played well, end up end up um, not getting not getting an offer. So I started to. I started to, well, I was in Phoenix. I was in Phoenix first for um, the training camp. And they ended up letting me go. I went to the ABA. It was fun I had on my team. I had Matt Barnes on my team. Dennis Rodman was on my team. Um, oh, wow. And we, and we played, yeah, it was, it was a fun team. We had we had some pros on there. Gennaro Pargo was on that team. Yeah. And we scored a lot of points. So we, and we, we played up and down game. And then the Knicks called me up. So it was like, okay, good. Now I'm finally back in the league. No more ABA. And... I'm back in, and I helped the team. We we got the eighth spot in the playoffs because that team wasn't in the playoffs at that time, and they just traded for Marbury and Penny Hardaway. And it was ironic because those those guys went Phoenix, and they were there when I got let go. And they was like, "Man, yeah, it was messed up, you know, that that you had to get let go." So I was back in New York with those guys, and we ended up, you know, winning some games and helping them get to the playoffs and we got swept by Kenya Martin and the Nets in the first round. 
<laughs> Got him. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Kay. <laughs> right, right. I was just happy, 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 happy to be in the NBA again. I never made the playoffs for Atlanta. I mean, yeah. the playoffs. I, I, I felt great. So I thought I would, I thought I would be be with the Knicks again. And all summer, you know, Isaiah Thomas is calling me. He's like, man, July first, you ready? You gonna know, come back? You gonna sign? And um. And, and, and then I'm happy when it when it when it was time for a few weeks for training camp. I'm like, okay, where's the contract? What's going on? And a lot of BS happened with him amazed and he ended up not signing me. So I ended, that's why I ended up going to Denver. And luckily, luckily that happened because um, Denver just that's that's some Kmart that signed with Denver that year too from New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And um, and and Denver just made a lot a lot more sense to me and. And New York had a, a horrible year anyway. <laughs> and they're still having horrible years, so. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, so in Denver, it was it was it was great all around. We got you know Kenyon, one of my best friends, the guy who I played in college with, Carmelo. He's you know like it's like him and LeBron's league almost at this time. Like it's still mm-hmm. Kobe, but you know him and LeBron are the young guys coming up in the league and it's you know fun playing with, with him he's from Maryland also from Baltimore he grew up um coming to watch me as a kid. Oh that's cool. And um we just yeah, we just had a real we just had a, a real fun and talented team. Just couldn't get past the Spurs. <laughs> oh yeah. That was a good team. I remember watching because I was a huge uh, Hornets fan at the time, but I don't know why. But uh I remember when you guys when you three reunited, I was just all over that team. That was a great team. Yeah, yeah, it was it was it was fun times. Um, it, 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 like I said, just couldn't get past the Spurs. If we played them guys in a game of pickup, we'd probably kill them. <laughs> like we beat them three times in a row in the regular season. When playoffs come, we can't beat them. Yeah. <laughs> and then in 2007, you went and played with the Spurs. Is that correct? Then I went, yeah. Then I went and, and played with the Spurs, and I, I realized quickly. I, I said, "Okay, this is how they beat us. They they just like a well-oiled machine. Mm-hmm. Like Big we, fundamental. We, we had better players. Yeah, we had better players, but it's just pops. Pops is just so good and has them so prepared, and and all they do is just they they know their principles and they're just so prepared for the games. You don't need to have the best players out there. You just need to have players that's going to listen and buy in." So was Pop a better coach than Huggins? Pop's a better coach than everybody. Got him. That I've seen. That's that's true though. Pop is a great coach. Yeah, he's got the rings. Yeah, yeah exactly to prove and, it. Yeah, and I and it didn't take me long to to, to see that. I, I wasn't even there long. It's, I'm like, yeah, this guy, he's he, he he's the real deal. I see why they win. Very cool. They win because of him. So after the Spurs, you went and played with. A lot of teams that I can't even try to pronounce um, overseas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can yeah. pronounce one: Barco Bull Energy. <laughs> no, Barocco. I think. Oh, I can't pronounce it. Barocco <laughs> Bull Energy. I tried. I gave it a shot. Yeah. <laughs> the old college try. Right. <laughs> um, so you got to see the world, though, and that's uh, something that a lot of people I, I don't get to do. That, that's true, and I and I um, after a while, you know. I, I was upset because I still felt like I was an NBA player, and I'm watching guys get paid contracts and play guys who I I, I kill in the summer. I've killed all my life, and I know I'm better than 
you know, prospering NBA. But I'm like, you know what? I'm, I am getting a chance to see to see the world, and I wouldn't have got that chance, you know, had had you know still been in the NBA, which I still would rather be there. But I did get an opportunity to travel the world and play ball and get paid for it. Do you think that's how um, Sean Kilpatrick's feeling right now? Like he he's not getting that chance in the NBA. I mean, he he's he had, he put up some good numbers when he was in the NBA, but now he's he, no teams right. are really giving him a chance. Um, well, he he hasn't been as many places as I've been. Right, right. He, he um, but he he actually went to a great team. But for him, he's he's younger, and he wasn't drafted. That's a good. Point. So I think he he feels. Like he just probably never really got a chance, and I and I actually felt like I never got a chance too. And I was a sixth pick in the draft. Right. When, when my when my turn when my turn was coming, I had my accident. It was an uphill battle from them. So I, I I don't I feel kind of the same way, but you know I was there and I lived that life for eight years. What was the coolest place you visited when you were overseas? Um, the coolest place. Well, I think the best place I've been is funny. The team you brought up, the Barack Obama, right. the Philippines, and Manila, because them guys are um, they're big basketball fans. They like the local players over there. They they're like stars over there. They date the the actresses and the movie stars, and like they're on TV and get endorsements. And basketball is like the biggest sport. A lot of them other places is soccer. That's a good point. Yeah, absolutely. Plus, you're taller than everybody yeah. by like three feet. That's a good point as well. <laughs> uh, the fans do their homework. They, when you get off the plane, they know everything about you. They they, they take their things seriously over there. You also everybody got... Everybody speaks English. I was actually just looking, because when you mentioned them, I wanted to cl- click on their uh, their page here. I guess it looks like at one point in 2010, they were called the Burger King Whoppers. I had, I had no idea about that. <laughs> just a weird... Maybe it's just another one of those Wikipedia things. All right. Uh, so you also got this... Crazy cool opportunity coming in as a captain in the inaugural season for the Big Three, correct? Co-captain the first year, correct. I think. Co-captain, yeah. Sure. Co-captain year one, yeah. How uh, did how did that get started? Like, who did did like Kenyon or somebody contact you, or did Ice Cube contact you? How did you get involved in the Big Three? Ken, well, the first the first person that brought it to me was Kenyon, and he he said he he had just um, signed on. As, as, a, as a captain for the new three lead ice cubes putting together and he, he said um, I want you to play with me it's going to be me you Al Harrington and you try to get like Gilbert Arenas mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm like cool just let me know if it you know if it's real if it's, it's going to happen right so once it once, once it got closer and um and they started naming more, more captains to it then Alan Alan Iverson they was named one of the captains. And Alan was like, "Well, you playing with me?" I was like, "Man, listen, I already told Kenyon I'm playing with him." <laughs> so I told I told I told, told Alan no like four times. So then I was like, "Man, you talked to Kenyon about that," and <laughs> I had to find out later he never talked to Kenyon. <laughs> so he just, he just, so what happened was they they was they let the captain's name a co-captain for their team. And then when Kenyon named Al Harrington as co-captain, then that's when, when Alan hit me, like, man, he named Al as co-captain. I'm making you my co-captain. <laughs> I said, oh, man. I said, well, <laughs> talk, to, I said talk, to, talk to Kenyon about that. And um, 
and it was cool. So he was like, he hit me, he was like, all right, I talked to Kenyon, it was done. So I hit Kenyon, I said, you talked to Ali? He said, no. I said, well, he, he, he said he talked to you, and I know, I told you I'm playing with you, but he's making me a co-captain. Kenyon was like, go ahead, that's, you know, a good offer, a good opportunity. Go ahead, get you, you your guaranteed, guaranteed spot. You ain't got to go try out. Yeah, I was like, all right, cool. Awesome. So my teammate needed the co-captain. I end up having to actually do every everything. <laughs> so, <laughs> <I did fine. laughs> because because he, he like Alan Iverson didn't show up for like the first two games, right? He's talking about practice, man. No, he showed up. <laughs> it, it was only one. It was only one week. He didn't show up for the Lexington game, and then they suspended oh, yeah. him for the game after that. Yeah, I remember so, the Lexington game. So, I was right. gonna try to make it to that. I for, I couldn't make it. <laughs> <laughs> so I go to the combine and everybody else because you got a coach a captain and a co-captain so Alan is the coach and the captain so he don't show up it's, <laughs> it's up to me to draft the team on my own every, every, it is like a hundred guys out there it's different courts everybody got three people looking for their team to see who they're going to draft and I'm out there by myself <laughs> looking, <laughs> trying to try to figure out who I'm going to draft. I, I call him on FaceTime, and he's like, man, what you see? I said, man. <laughs> Empty spots said, next to me. Kid Andre, y'all was just doing good. He's like, man, I said, your boy Steve Francis out here. And, and he was like, man, what's Steve doing? Like, as I FaceTimed him and showed him, of course, Steve, I just shot like a horrible shot. <laughs> and, <laughs> So we, we laughed about that, but I really had to sit there and, and pick the team myself. That's crazy. So when it when it came around to the next year, and um and 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 he played when he came in, he he didn't play that much because he it was never his intention to play, right? Because that ain't his style. They right. they just attacked him in the post every time, and all the fans wanted to see him play. But he just wanted to you know use use his his space because he's the biggest name in the league, and a lot of people came there to see him a lot of. Obviously, jerseys is bought, um, and he and I, and I don't think he thought it would be as intense as it really was. He probably thought I just go out there and I was score whenever I want, whenever I want to, just without even working out. And guys, they they was physical, they were violent, they were in better shape, so he ended up not playing much. And then the next year, it just made sense. They just like man, you did everything anyway. You basically already the captain. Yep, and you made me the captain. I was going to say, the next year, weren't you sitting out there at the draft by yourself again? No, see, the next, well, kind of. Well, the next year, they, they let, because they wanted new names to come in, so they let us pick the captain and pick another captain. So I had to, when Allen left, I had to pick a, a co-captain. They um they picked up, because Allen's going to be the coach. Uh-huh. They picked up Baron Davis. Him and Cube, they, they, they grabbed Baron Davis. So I'm like, cool, I just need a big. And I ended up signing Drew Gooden. So when it comes to draft, the combine time, Baron doesn't show up, and Drew and Drew Drew gets there. Drew gets there a little late, so me and Drew, um, we 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 um was able to already had a few guys in mind. Yeah. By the time Drew got there, but he he was there to help me. And Baron, Baron popped up right before the draft, <laughs> and he was like, <laughs> he came in there, he he checked off names. I'm like, bro, come on, we, <laughs> you wasn't there. We got this. This guy. <laughs> <laughs> We've already done this. <laughs> I had right. to do this last year, man. Him? Come on. Him? He's like, man. <laughs> no, BD, no. 
Was the second year the year that uh, Jason Maxiel joined you guys, or was that last year? Last two years. So yeah, last Jason two, so, was yeah. second. Yeah, second year. Yeah, we we drafted Jason, and by us making it to the finals, we were able to um, keep everybody in our team. We had to put one person back in the draft, so we only had one pick last year. Okay, what was it like the first year? We you had four Bearcats in the league that year, right? Was you, uh, four, Kenyon, four. Um, was it Steve Logan? And um, no, James White, James White, James yeah. White, James yeah. White. Yeah. And, and Ruben. Oh yeah, and Ruben, Ruben Patterson. Yeah, Ruben. Picked, yeah, yeah. I pick I picked Ruben that first year, and um, and then, and, and then I picked Max there the second year. So it's been four every year. Okay, yeah. James White, Max, Kenyon, me. Any other guys you think you pull out of retirement and, and bring to the the big three? I, I wouldn't say with, with retirement. Right. Well, maybe guys who. Just like like I I try to call Jr. Smith and Jamal Crawford um, and uh, who else I try to reach out to guys who they retired but they still Could they still, still play. play yeah yeah and they maybe just left the league so it's hard to come off your couch and try to play it's half court but that like the, the, the ball turns over pretty fast yeah. once you miss a shot and it, it goes faster than you think. I think that's why I like it so much is because it is so fast-paced and you, you just have to keep watching right. the whole time or you're going to miss something. <laughs> Four right. Players. It's different. Like, if you turn the ball over in full court, you can get to run down the court. And they they got to go all the way down the court and score. You turn the ball over here, they just turn around and score. And with the, the four-point shot, uh, according to the stats, uh, you've attempted four of them and made one of them. So. Well, that must have been last year because the first year I, I made like three or four. Okay. I, I, made, I made one every year. I'll say they're giving me last year's stats then. Okay. Yeah, last get, year, I, I might have been one for four. Kind of getting away from the big three, you were, when I met you, um, an assistant coach under Mick Cronin and taking classes to graduate from UC and kind of finish what you started back here at campus. So what right. was that experience like coaching under Mick? Um, well, I was still playing at the time, and Mick, yeah. I hadn't been I hadn't been back here since I left. Um, I came back for a homecoming, and um, Mick said, "I want to you know, I want to talk to you, whatever." So I, so I called you in a few days. So he called me and he was like, "Maybe you should um, come back here and help me out with the guys, and you know, and, and get your degree." So I said, "Let me think about it because I'm still playing." Yeah. So. I got back to him. I was like, you know what? I'll do it. So I stopped playing ball, came down. And, I mean, it was good. But, I mean, we, we won we won over 30 games, like, every year. And it was it was pretty easy. We didn't go far in the tournament. But when you win it every night, you know, it was interesting watching, you know, because when I, when I was here, I didn't see the mix. That 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 cussed that, that was cussing all the players out and <laughs> that's not the Mick yeah. that was recruiting you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that wasn't the Mick that was recruiting me. I mean, so, you know, hugs, hugs did that. So when I got here, I'm like, oh, snap, this dude, this is a different Mick here. But I'm like, man, I told him, I said, you can really coach. I said, he he, he knew his stuff, and it, it was it was just great to be back. And I got so much love. I still get so much love from. The people here, yeah, and like, like not knowing that they would even remember me, and and still to this day, like people show me so much love, and that's why I'm still here. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's part of the Bearcat community. Is just even even guys who played small roles on the team. Meacham, yeah, I yeah, mean Meacham. I mean, the city loves Meacham, and he sat the bench most right. of the time. Um, but right. 
I mean, just when you're part of that Bearcat community, it's just the, the love always stays. Right, right. And Meacham does a great job of staying engaged with everybody. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you coached under Mick, and you kind of got some of that experience while, again, as we said, taking classes. So how much did actually finishing that up and graduating mean to you? Um, it, it, it meant a lot. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't easy. No. It was, um, it wasn't something that I ever knew that I would be able to do. I thought I'd be able to play basketball forever. You don't think about when, when you're not going to be able to play no more. Um, but I, but I was glad that now you got online classes and internet. So it made it a lot easier for me to, it wasn't easy, but yeah. I didn't have to, I didn't have to sit in the classroom. I was able to sit at home and it was probably more work, more busy work because it's online, but a lot of discussion boards in the classroom, a lot of discussion boards. <laughs> Those <laughs> online teachers love to post discussion boards. <laughs> hey man, <laughs> no joke, no, no, no joke. And, and, and I had, and I took, and I finished pretty fast. So I was taking a lot of classes at once. Yeah. And it was busy at that time because I'm in practice every day. Then I got these classes to take, all this reading and all these discussion boards I got to reply to <laughs> and put up. and <laughs> Three replies but, on but each I was, Right, right. <laughs> but this time I knew I came to finish, so I had a different mindset. When I first came, I, I, I knew I was leaving. Right. I didn't even finish the year. I basically had to start over. So, you kind of got to see the transition of Mick leaving, and then you kind of got to see some of what the alumni were pushing for Nick Van Exel to be here. So, and then John Brandon got the hire. So, kind of being a, a part of the alumni and all of the discussions, I'm, I'm sure you were you were part privy to. Um, what was that like, kind of being with the alumni and the state of mind that they had? with the John Brandon hire and, you know, ob their obvious choice was Nick Van Exel. I got some mixed, I mean, I heard some mixed feelings from guys. Um, initially, and you guys lobbying for, for Nick, of course, because we're UC guys and, mm -hmm. and Nick, UC Hall of Famer, one of the best, and he's been coaching the NBA. And of course, we, we, we would want that. And, you know, we don't know John. Right. And, um, and it happened kind of fast, I guess. I don't even think they got a got an interview, and you know, guys were upset that he didn't even get a get an interview. Right. So I, I um I went out to meet John, and and he seemed great. He seemed not when I told the guys like man, the dude, he he um he, he's like a he he was he wants all the players around, and you know he asked me about certain players and asked for their numbers. He wanted to reach out to, and he brought us all to his house, and he was cool. I saw that. I saw you invited you guys all out and had like a big old tent and everything and, and uh, yeah, just had like a big yeah. alumni dinner or something like that. That's because Melvin damn near right. live tweeted the whole That's thing. That's true. Yeah, Melvin <laughs> Levitt pretty much posted pictures from the whole night. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you think, uh, and, not to, and I'm not trying to bash Mick at all, but do you think John kind of makes more of an effort to reach out to the alumni? Um, you know, since he is kind of a newer, I mean, well, he is a new coach to the to the team and didn't have the history like Mick had as an assistant coach or anything like that? For sure. 
the um well it, a part of that is probably what you just said. Yeah, he he just trying to let guys know that you know he's you guys are always a part of the program because he's new and the part of it he he played. So he he knows how important that is from from the players' aspect. Mick was just focused on winning games. Yeah. Mick didn't, didn't care about anything but winning games. He, you know, he'd been around these guys. And I think he wanted to put his own imprint on it and not have, you know, everybody, still to this day, everybody's talk talks about hugs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. People still, love, people still love hugs. Like, all the time, I'm defending Mick all the time. They're like, man, we need hugs. And Mick just, I'm like, no, 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 Mick's good, Mick's good. I think that was driving me crazy the most. Like during the after Mick decided decided to leave, and then everybody on Twitter's like, "Let's bring back hugs." I'm like, "He's not leaving West Virginia. Like we need to kind of get over the Huggins thing. Like right. he, was, he was a great coach right. who was here, but that that ship has moved on down down west." Yeah. Well, down, I tried myself. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hugs. You want to come back? Um, no. no, I'm good. <laughs> um. So we've seen about a half a season now. What are your thoughts on the current state of the program and kind of what the future is going to bring? It's, I mean, it's still early. It's yeah. still, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's rough. It's rough when it's rough on like, especially a guy like Jaron who who's been playing under Mick for three years, and right. he he come out and have his his breakout year as a junior, and and he and he's the man. And now as a senior, he came back from you know thinking about the draft. And he got all these new players, all these new coaches. And not so, to mention, Coach Brandon, sorry, yeah. not to mention that he didn't really get a chance to practice with the new players and with Coach Brandon because he was right. in that he was in that boot for most of the preseason. Right, right, but um, but right, but I'm also sure like Brandon, Brandon, he's like, man, this is my team. I got to let these guys know it's my team. And right. Jaron probably like, um, I've been here. And and there there's some fiction, yeah. I guess, and what what it, it looked like. Because I, I mean, I just know that'd be a hard situation for yeah, both no, guys. Absolutely. And so now I think it's starting to it's starting to come back it's starting to come back around, but it's just new. So I, I got to give him more time. Yeah, I think the last couple games we've seen. Um, I think Jaron getting more comfortable. Um, we've seen some mm-hmm. of the the younger guys stepping up, um, and mm-hmm. you know, and that's showing. Uh, fortunately, on the scoreboard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not going to get much easier, but you know, at least we 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 be starting to pick it up. Especially not in conference play. Right. We'll see tomorrow. Yeah, we we got Memphis tomorrow. Oh yeah, Memphis <coughs> tomorrow. That's mm-hmm. in Memphis, though, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I'm still trying to get those right. tickets to the Memphis game at that's, home again. That's a test, man. Yeah. That, right. me- Memphis would be a test. Well, we don't have to worry about Wiseman, so there is. Well, that. that's what I was going to say. At least we don't got to worry about Wiseman. Yeah. <laughs> So we're we gonna see your face still around as you're not currently on the coaching staff and all that, but still showing up at games. Yeah, yeah, I'm still here. I haven't been to a game yet. I, I was planning on trying to make that Memphis game too. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll be around. Cool. We see you down there. We'll make sure to say hi. Um, we're gonna see Oscar Robertson back. That's a good question. Um, I don't know. There's an empty seat oh, ever hey. since the new arena opened back up. Every every game we sit down, we I sit look, down, man. we stare at that seat to see I if look. he's going to be there. One day we're like, is that him? No, that's just SK. That was last year. He hasn't been to a game since I've since I've been here. Oh, that's um, since 2017. Yeah. Oh, that makes yeah because 2000. Has he is been that the year we went to uh, NKU? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Even before that, I was I was here the year before NKU. Then NKU 
than back last year. Well, Jamar, thank you so very much for your time. We appreciate all of your insight and stories and laughs. That was that there was, was some, some good laughs. stuff on Allen Iverson, man. That that whole <laughs> Huggins, Huggins taking the charge thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna laugh at that. For the especially rest of the night. since it was BJ oh, Grove. Yeah, especially <laughs> BJ Grove. Um, especially BJ Grove. Man, man, that's so good. Again, like we just thank you for your time, and uh, you know, absolutely don't don't feel like a stranger with us on uh, on Twitter and all that. But um, all right, guys, no problem. Thanks for having me. All Thanks right. a lot. We appreciate it, man. Enjoy the rest of the, enjoy the rest of the night watching some basketball. All right, guys. Have a good night. Have you a too. good one.